to CPR, everybody. It's February 26th, 2021, and I am your host, Critch. And I got a lot of stuff on the docket today, but we're going to open with uh, a fine Canadian lad that uh, decided not to obey the rules uh, when he uh, landed in Toronto Pearson Airport. Now, a lot of you have probably already seen this, but we're going to play it anyway because I, I just loved how he handled uh, this whole situation. So uh, let's get to the clip and then uh, we'll get back to uh, chatting right after. On my bags and we're going to go outside. We're going to refuse their stupid test and tell everybody to refuse their stupid test. Hi. Yes, because I have a medical condition, so I don't need to wear one. And I'm also a Canadian citizen, and this is a violation of our charter rights, Section 6, and a violation of the Emergency Act 14.1. So I'm going to be declining your test today. Thank you very much. No problem. I'll happily do that. Everybody in here, if you are a Canadian citizen, simply deny the test, deny their quarantine. They cannot stop you. They cannot force you. You are a citizen. You have rights. That's fine. I have a camera on as well. So, yes, everybody, this is what you do. You say no to their test, no to their quarantine, and if you're a citizen or a permanent resident, there's absolutely nothing they can do but acknowledge that you have rights and they have to respect them. Is that not true? Say it's true for the camera, everybody. That's not a problem. I refuse to take your test a million percent. And everybody in here, Canadian citizens, you can refuse the test. Just say no, don't wait in line, and there's nothing they can do. Okay, I will not yell, that's true. 
But I just want you to acknowledge for 91,000 people watching that anybody can refuse the test. Thank you. You guys hear that? Straight from the horse's mouth, straight from the police, refuse the test. Tell everybody how many people have been convicted of those tickets in Canada. Answer? Zero. How many people have been charged? Thousands. How many people convicted? Zero. Why? It's a violation of our charter rights. So when that ticket goes to court, they throw it out. It's that simple. So I'm waiting for my little fine. Thanks, guys. I just want everybody to acknowledge that this is perfectly legal, perfectly acceptable. Thank you. <laughs> so I like the way this guy just gets off the plane and just... uh just owns absolutely everybody <laughs> and he's telling everybody else hey you're a canadian citizen you do not have to partake in this uh straight up fascism uh you can you have rights um you know um so i just wanted to play that clip because it was uh it had me roaring the first time that i seen it so um it's he's just bringing up uh really good points though uh you know he brought up the tickets because uh, the one officer i'm not sure if you heard it or not but the one officer said, okay, well, we'll have to issue you a ticket. And he goes, that's, that's totally fine. And then he asked the officer, well, and, oh, and by the way, you know, how many of those uh, tickets have, have, have resulted in convictions? It's not exactly what he said, but, and he goes, none, <laughs> they're getting thrown out of court. And, you know, I think, uh, I think our connection to the, to the East, I bet you chef and those guys would have similar stories. Uh, about these tickets. I don't think there's any convictions being handed out whatsoever. I'm pretty sure that all of them are being thrown out of court. Um, so it, he's he's just nailing it. Uh, you know, people are just, um, you know, go, running through the, running, jumping through all the hoops just to, uh, you know, try and keep, you know, they think that you kind of, you they think that you have to. And, you know, when you've got one guy like this in a crowd that says, hey, uh, by the way, you don't have to do any of this. Uh, you guys are getting basically manipulated into believing that uh, you have to go through all this. You know, all it takes is that one guy. And you could see everybody in the crowd was kind of looking at him like, what? What? Really? We don't have to do this? So really cool. Um, <clears throat> really cool that people are starting to do this. Um, and uh, I think you're going to start seeing more and more and more of it. Uh, you know, people are getting... J absolutely done like people are finished with this lockdown um from coast to coast to coast people have had it and uh you're gonna start seeing more and more pushback from just everyday average folks uh when it comes to this so <clears throat> it's really cool to see people and i guess you know i guess the other thing is if you are gonna do this if you are gonna take a stand i think it's clever uh what this guy did uh to to record the whole interaction um and make sure that you've got video evidence or at least uh voice evidence of what transpires because that that might possibly protect you in a court of law when it's all said and done so what are we going to do here we've got um we might have a little bit of a longer show here we'll see how this all plays out but uh we got another really good video from harley monroe that i think uh we're going to play in the bulk of the show uh we've got more deaths from the covid vaccine uh we've got another um Chef reminded me of another page of the VARES report. So we're going to go through that because uh, there's an article that we're going to cover and then go through VARES and we're going to compare what the mainstream media is saying as opposed to what's actually being reported. Um, and I think you'll find there's some, you know, minor discrepancies, just little. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get this show started, everybody. We'll be right back.
So what should I call you? Should I call you a, a bullet, a tooth? You can call me Susan if it makes you happy. There are times in life when being tough comes in handy. Say some geezer collapses in front of you. What do you do? We need a volunteer that ain't breathing. Here's one I made earlier. First thing you do is you check him over. If he ain't responsive or he ain't breathing, or he's making noises like this. Climate change is real. There is no evidence of election fraud. The Canadian Liberals are doing a great job. Then his heart will stop working, he's having a cardiac arrest. Look lively. First call 999. Then you do hands-only CPR and no kissing. You only kiss your missus on the lips. Watch, lock your fingers together, knuckles up, then push down right on the sovereign. Push down five or six centimeters. That's about two inches in old money. Push hard and fast about two times a second. Like to the beat of staying alive. Worried you'll hurt him? Better a cracked rib than him kicking the bucket. Keep this up till the ambulance arrives. So don't forget, check him over. Call 999, push hard and fast to stay alive. It works. Hands only CPR. It ain't as hard as it looks. A Russian? Well, to be technical, he's an Uzbekistanian, but... Uzbekistanian? I've been dealing with those sneaky Russian dogs. <laughs> Give me a name. No, oh, no. Boris. Boris the Blade? Yeah. As in Boris the Bullet Dodger. Why do they call him the bullet dodger? Because he does his bullets heavy. <laughs> okay, welcome back, everybody. We are going to uh, just stay on uh, the rights violations right now uh, that we're seeing with uh, the pandemic, scam demic, and we're going to we're going to move over to um, WBNS ten from Columbus, Ohio, and. Uh, there's an article and a clip here. I'm gonna play the clip first and then we'll go through the article together. Suitcase, check. ID, check. Boarding pass, check. But do you have your vaccination passport? It could be the new standard in traveling. Quite simply is it will be required. The real question is what technology will be available to create a universally acceptable, a universally readable, and a document that can't be forged. CBS News travel editor Peter Greenberg says early versions are in development all around the world. The private sector is all racing to come up with one. Some governments are doing it. Denmark is creating a digital passport for its citizens that will contain all your current medical information that can be updatable on that digital card. While digital versions are the ultimate goal, Greenberg says early models will likely be physical, like these created by award-winning scientist and inventor Isaac Daniels. This is the e-vaccine, which is electronic vaccine passport. You know that little white card that you get after your vaccination? Well, the same information goes into here. When you got your first dose, which one you got, and the date. You can have that information right here in this book, or you can access it electronically. When you go to the airport and they just like your passport, and they just swipe it. You already have all your information already there. Greenberg says vaccine verification for travel could be mandatory on cruise lines and some airlines as soon as July. They're going to be asking for it at your point of departure and at your point of entry. So at the airline ticket counter, at a passport control, and at the same time when you're entering a country at Customs and Border Protection. So... We've been talking about this for a while. We knew we knew this was going to be the move. They were going to try to limit limit our excuse me limit our travel 
uh, try to get uh, as much control over us that they possibly could through these vaccines. Um, you know, a little bit more on the write-up here. Uh, it will be required is the title. Vaccination passports could be required as soon as the summer. Early versions are in development all around the world, both in public and private sectors. Um, Washington, traveling, it seems like a faint memory, right? With vaccinations increasing, CBS travel editor P Peter Greenberg says trips both domestic and international could increase by the summer. There will be one big difference, though. You're going to need proof that you're vaccinated. According to Greenberg, vaccination passports will be the new standard in travel. It will be required, he said. The real question is what technology will be available to create a universally acceptable and universally re um, readable document that can't be forged. Early versions in development all around the world in both the public and private sectors. Some governments are doing it, Greenberg said. Denmark is creating a digital passport for citizens that will contain all of your current medical information that can be updated on that digital card. While digital versions of the digital, uh, excuse me, while di digital versions are the ultimate goal, Greenberg says early models will likely be physical, like those created by award-winning scientist and inventor Isaac Daniel. Uh, yes, we kind of heard about that. Anyway, it's just a recap the article, but. Uh, <clears throat> So they're going to they're going to do this and they're going to go digital. So realistically, um, it might be just a matter of a really good hacker <laughs> for those of us that aren't buying into this one one bit. So we'll see what they come up with. We'll see what kind of restrictions they have and we'll see the problems that they have with, uh, you know, the U.S. Constitution and the Canadian Charter of, of Rights and Freedoms, uh, you know, citizens in both countries have the right to travel freely and this is going to violate uh both the, both the constitution and the charter of rights and freedoms so we'll see we'll see how they get around that when you've got a when you've got north america under the iron grip of liberal fascists right now in both the u.s and canada i don't think that um, there's going to be much respect given to the uh you know the constitution or the charter of rights which we're already seeing um but uh regardless they do it's still up it still holds up in court as we're seeing with these uh you know um these covid tickets that people are getting that are getting thrown out so this this is isn't going to be as easy as they as they think it is and the thing that gets me absolutely the most hot under the collar about this whole thing is the cheering section the people that are absolutely just ecstatic about this like what the fuck is wrong with you you're giving up your freedoms for a virus that has a 99.98% survival rate and you're forcing people to get vaccinated that has that is doing way more damage from this heavy air quotes vaccine than the actual uh, virus, so-called virus. Upside down clown world, my friends. Upside down clown world. And not only are they, uh, not only are they, you know, getting us ready for the passports, but they're also getting ready to launch COVID-19 vaccine trials in pregnant women. Now, this article uh, came to me by way of chef, and this also is by ABC News. Uh, it was written February 18th, 2021 uh, by Dr. Stephanie Widmer and Dr. Rihanna Jamshidi. Uh, Pfizer launches COVID-19 vaccine trial in pregnant women. Pfizer's trial will include 4,000 pregnant women. Pfizer BioNTech have announced a new trial to evaluate their COVID-19 vaccine in pregnant women. Their vaccine, along with Moderna's, are the two mRNA vaccines currently available in the United States after being granted emergency use authoriz authorization by the FDA. 
pregnant women. Let's let's just stop there for a minute. <clears throat> the two mRNA vaccines, that's wrong. Gene therapies, it should read, currently available in the United States after being granted emergency use or experimental use, that should read, authorization by the FDA. You know, like if you're not, even myself, if I just, you know, if I'm just reading along, I can, you can subconsciously just take in what they're saying and just be like, oh, okay. You know, your mind just has a tendency to do that. Unless you stop and you you look at this very skeptically, you can see like even the writing is like, you know, imagine being a white picket fence person and reading this. Oh, excellent. You know, they, they've got, uh, they've got a vaccine now for pregnant women. You're going to be safe, honey. Our baby's going to be safe. Meanwhile, completely oblivious to the fact that you've got people dying all over the, all over the planet from this, not just the elderly, like we'll get into later. Anyway, let's carry on here. Pregnant women were excluded from the first clinical trials, meaning there's limited data in this group. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention says getting, va- getting vaccinated is a personal choice for anyone who is pregnant and recommends people speak to their healthcare providers if they have any questions about relative risks. Dr. Anna Durbin, professor of international health at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, told ABC News, these trials will provide important data on the safety and immunogenesis of the vaccines in pregnant women. These these data weren't collected during the phase three trial and will build confidence for the use of these vaccines in women who are pregnant. I just got to step out again. If you're pregnant... What in what on God's green earth would possess you to partake in an experimental vaccine that has already got a horrible track record? What, what how how what what goes through your head? You're risking the life of your unborn child. It just it just blows my mind that this is even an option. More, moreover, while data is preliminary, studies show the risks of COVID during pregnancy are, are of increased premature labor, increased intubation, and increased deaths compared to those women who do not have COVID in pregnancy, Dr. Jack Moritz, medical director of TIA Women's Health, told ABC News. I'd like to see some actual statistics. On, I, don't, I would actually like to see them prove that, which I'm sure they probably could. Like, when you look at... Uh, when you look at the PCR test, look at what they're doing with the PCR test. Like they're basically forging everything. It's all fudge numbers. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit later too. Pfizer's trial will help offer more conclusive data about the vaccine safety and effectiveness in pregnant women. It is awesome that they are doing a clinical trial in pregnant women because the physiology is so different in pregnant women, said Dr. Laura Riley. OBGYN in chief at New York Presbyterian and Wheel Cornell Medicine. This data will reveal information about safety, help us to understand the side effects, side effect profile of these vaccines in this population, and the immune response of both mother and baby, Riley said. The phase two, th- two out of three trial will enroll approximately 4,000 women within weeks, 24 to 34 of their of their pregnancy Pfizer announced in a press release half will get the vaccine half will get a placebo the study will include healthy pregnant women age 18 and older in the US Canada Argentina Brazil Chile Mozambique South Africa and the the United Kingdom and Spain 
Participants in the vaccine group will receive two doses at 21 days apart, and each woman will be followed for at least 7 to 10 months in order to continuously assess for safety in both participants and their infants. Infants will also be assessed up to six months of age for transfer of protective antibodies from their vaccinated mother. Women enrolled in the trial will be made aware of the vaccine status shortly after giving birth to allow those women who originally received placebo to be vaccinated while staying in the study. Oh, so we can you can get your mRNA cell altering uh, vaccine. We'll just let you know. You know that's a total violation violation of a blind. Uh, a blind double-double test right there. They just admitted it in this article. The people that get the placebo are never supposed to know that they had the placebo. And you're not supposed to be offering them the actual vaccine afterwards. I don't care if they're pregnant. So that's that right there is a violation of the scientific method right there. They just admitted it in the article. Jesus. Pregnant women have an increased risk of complications and developing severe COVID-19, which is why it is critical that we develop a vaccine that is safe and effective for this population. Dr. William Gruber, Senior Vice President of Vaccine Clinical Research and Development for Pfizer, stated in the release. Man, you know, it's, it's something to just be able to just have a, you know, a bit of a skeptical mind and be able to pick them apart in their own articles. Like I just honestly, it blows my mind that women would be willing to, to partake in this when you're pregnant. That's the, that's the biggest takeaway for me. Like what the hell is wrong with you? We don't know what this thing's going to do to you. So you're going to, instead of just risking your life, I'm totally fine with the people risking their lives with an MRNA gene therapy. I really, if it's up to you, my loved ones, I've, I've expressed my concern. I've told them what I think, you know, of this, this gene therapy, if they still choose to do it, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, that, and I can accept that. At least I said my piece. But these women, these pregnant women, like that child has no say. And I mean, it's just, I, uh, it just baffles me. You know, I guess the, uh, the selfishness in a way is the way I'd like to word that, you know, to, to just, just, uh, and the word, worst part is, is they think they're doing the right thing. Like they have this blind faith in central authority that they're just, you know, they think that they're protecting themselves and their baby. So I guess I get it in a way, but at the same time, like, holy crap, like ignorance is a choice. And you know, if your ignorance is going to, uh, permanently alter you that's one thing but to permanently alter someone they're never even given a chance if that happens and there will be adverse effects in some of these pregnancies i guarantee it i absolutely guarantee it you know which which makes me want to bring up the uh vares report uh the new one that uh, chef found that it actually gives you some pretty serious numbers here on on what what is all happening and just uh keep in mind that these vares reports are just the u.s alone um <clears throat> So this is from uh, the 18th of February, 2021. And we have a total of 25,871 adverse effects. Now, some of them were uh, not serious. 6,979 of them were not serious, but uh, were still reported. But let's go through this. In just the U.S. alone, we have 1,095 deaths from the vaccine. We have 403 permanent disabilities from this. We have 
2,894 office visits. So having to go to a doctor because it's, it's affecting you. There was 22 emergency room uh, admittances with this. Emergency doctor, uh, another emergency doctor room, there's 4,129. 2,297 people were hospitalized. Only one person was hospitalized for a very uh, prolonged amount of time. 7,263 people recovered. You've got 33 birth defects right there in VARES. It's actually been reported already. 33 birth defects. Now, was, were these people that um, got, the, got the vaccine and then they gave birth and they've got 30, there's 33 cases already before the trial run? Is that what I'm reading here? We're suppo- we just read an article saying that the trials for pregnant women are just about to start happening, but we've got 33 beef de- uh, birth defects on the VARES report. Uh, there was 755 that were life-threatening. Th- so, you know, it, it just it blows my mind. Which let's let's get into another article that ties this ties this all together, because Healthline released another article, and I think Chef, you you sent this my way too. And um, the title reads: "Here's why your second dose of COVID-19 vaccine will likely have stronger side effects." <laughs> because it's, you know, the first dose kill, isn't killing enough people. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, written by Bob Curley, February 15th, 2021. It says fact-checked by Jennifer Chesek. <laughs> what are you going to fact-check? Oh, boy. Okay, some people who have received the COVID-19 vaccination report feel ill after getting their first shot. Even more say the second shot can be followed by symptoms such as fever, fatigue, headache, and soreness at the injection site on the arm. Or maybe a hospitalization. Or maybe you'll die. But we won't mention that. In most cases, that's actually a good thing. Oh, terrific. These common symptoms are typically signs that the vaccine has triggered a response by your immune system. Vaccine, why don't we call it what it is? Gene therapy. Experimental biological agent. That's actually a better term for it. The fact that they're lying flat out and calling it a vaccine is, it drives me insane, but it's hard to switch all the words while I'm reading it. Uh, and that's what it's supposed to do. When you feel sick or have a fever, that's largely your body responding. <clears throat> Dr. Deborah Powell, the chief of infection disease at Tower Health in Pennsylvania, told Healthline, it's usually a very short-term thing and much better than getting COVID and, and being sick for two weeks or in the hospital. Well, if I, I've had COVID and it wasn't two weeks. It was three days. Three days and I was still functioning throughout the whole thing. I didn't even know it was COVID. And uh, I wasn't the first one in my, uh, in my bubble that actually had it. I got it from somebody else. <clears throat> and it, it was three days. And basically it was just something I couldn't get out of my chest. It, it, didn't, it didn't even knock, knock me right down, really. Okay, millions of doses, fewer problems. To date... More than 55 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccine have been administered in the United States, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. About 15 million people have already received a second dose. Slightly more Americans have received the vaccine developed by Pfizer-BioNTech, 28 million than Moderna developed uh, than the Moderna developed vaccine, 26 million. Both shots are mRNA vaccines. They go ahead again and lie. Which, are, which activate the immune system by getting it to identify a type of protein found in the virus that causes COVID-19. And then what does it do after that? What do the nanoparticles do after they help your cells or alter your cells to recognize just one specific virus? 
are your cells permanently altered? That's the only virus that they can recognize after that. And then the fucking common cold's going to kill you. Like, what are the, like, this, this whole thing is pissing me off. Because who, in their right mind, would say, okay, I'm totally good with altering my, my molecular makeup just, just to beat something that has a 99.98% survival rate. Like, I just, oh. You're, you're beating your head against the wall with the white picket fence people. But I guess, you know, really in the end, if this is a depopulation agenda, then I guess, you know, realistically, if those of us can, you know, avoid being forced to take these fucking things, then we're going to see all the white picket fence people die. <laughs> you know, I've seen some predictions. I've read some predictions from doctors saying that within about five years, you're going to see an explosion of cancer in the human population. And probably fast-acting cancer that will, like, you know how it goes, where basically you get diagnosed, and a month, three weeks later, you're fucking toast. And I kind of have a hunch that's how this is going to go. It'll be, like we were saying in previous shows, you know, you've got your, you've got your experiments in your trials, basically what we're in now, running till 2022 and one till 2023. And I'm guessing it'll probably be two years after that. Then you're going to start seeing people keel over and there's going to be just an explosion of cancer all over the world. And they're going to have something that they can blame it on, right? They'll, they'll, who knows, who knows, but that's my prediction. And I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll totally own it. You guys know me, (laughs) but that's what I think is going to happen here. Um, I think you're going to see all sorts of problems down the road. You know, people that uh, initially, you know, got both shots and really, you know, had a sore arm and just like the, the normal minor um, side effects that they've listed in this, right? <clears throat> okay, let's, uh, let's get back onto this. The first vaccine teaches your body how to uh, react to the virus, said Powell, armed with antibodies and memory T cells that recognize the virus protein fr- uh, from the first shot. The immune system response tends to be more robust when the second dose is delivered, she noted. Uh, Side effects were expected. In applying for emergency use and authorization from the Food and Drug Administration, applying for emergency use authorization, or should we say uh, experimentation, you know, they did it again. Another article that just ties into exactly how, you know, through just a hint of uh, skepticism, you can pick that apart. Both Pfizer and Moderna disclosed side effects experienced by participants during clinical trials for the vaccine. The real-world experience with the vaccine seems to closely reflect reflect what researchers observed. For starters, side effects tend to be more common after the second dose of the vaccine. In general, it is more common to see reactions with dose 2. Dr. uh, Sharon Nachman, chief of pediatric infection diseases at Stony Brook Children's Hospital in New York, told Healthline. This is what we see with tetanus, with uh, the tetanus vaccine, as well as other commonly used adult vaccines like Zooster vaccines. However, we have heard from many patients who had a reaction to dose one and were prepared to get a worse reaction in dose two and had nothing. In addition, significant numbers of people experiencing milder side effects after are experiencing milder side effects after vaccination. It is more common to see fatigue and local reactions than to see fever, said Nachman. Mild side effects of the COVID-19 vaccination tend to be tend to clear up within 48 hours of injection. Side effects are typically more pronounced among younger people than older people, likely because their immune systems are more robust. Side effects are typically more pronounced in younger people. Uh, probably because a younger body can is probably rejecting a foreign 
uh, biological agent. <laughs> I would imagine that's probably what it really is. A younger immune system that is more resilient is probably like, what the hell did you just put into my into us? <clears throat> okay, serious side effects such as anaphylactic al allergic reactions are rare. We have seen local allergic reactions to Moderna more than we have seen with Pfizer-BioNTech, Bio Nachman noted. These are local to the shot and do not need to be treated. According to research data submitted to the FDA, 7% of people between ages 18 and 55 receiving the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine reported fever compared to 31% who reported a fever after the second dose. With Moderna vaccine, 1% of, of ages 18 to 64 reported a fever after the first dose and 17% reported getting a fever after the second dose. Reports of fatigue, the most common side effect, as well as headache and chills, tended to be more likely after the second dose than the first dose of both vaccines. Significantly fewer recipients reported diarrhea or vomiting as a, as a result of the first or second shot. People over 55, age 55, receiving the Pfizer vaccine were less likely to report any of these side effects. Only 3% of older recipients, for example, reported a fever after the first dose, with 21% reporting a fever after the second dose. <clears throat> you know, their, their uh, reporting seems to be very different than VAERS, doesn't it? Let, let's just revisit that for a second, because they're saying... <clears throat> They're saying 1%, ages 18 to 64 with Moderna, will, will get a fever. And 7% with, uh, that's basically all they tell you. 7%, this is research data. It's got a blue check mark just for you Twitterites out there. 7% of people between the ages of 18 and 55 receiving the first dose of Pfizer vaccine reported a fever. That's it. That's all they tell you. Now let's go back to that VAERS uh, list. And what did they say? 55 million people have been vaccinated. And so far we've got 1,095 deaths. <laughs> 409 permanent disabilities. Uh, 4,129 people to the emergency room. Uh, plus another 22 on top of that. 2,297 people hospitalized. And uh, prolonged hospitalization. You got 33 birth defects that are obviously, you know, weren't even supposed to be happening like we exposed earlier. You had 755 life-threatening situations. Uh, basically a total of 25,871 uh, adverse effects. Now, let's, let's go back to this article um, by Healthline. Uh, we've got them saying it's research data that this article is fact-checked and all they give you is 7% of people between ages and 18 and 55 will get a fever and 1% of people getting the Moderna vaccine will get a fever. That's all they tell you. This is a fact. This Let's go back up for a second. This was fact-checked by Jennifer Chesick. Oh, well, thanks, Jennifer. You seem to gap out on some of the most important shit that we, we might have wanted to know there. Don't you think, Jennifer? Just a little bit? <clears throat> now, if the numbers are actually correct, if 55 million people in the U.S. have actually been vaccinated, uh, I don't know if it's with both, but if you do the math, uh, you know, 1,095, well, that actually is very, very small. You know, that's like point zero 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 two. But that, you know, 1,095 deaths in just the U.S., that alone should be stopping this, this experiment. That's enough. Like, that's enough. Not to mention the adverse effects and permanent disabilities. Like, when you start adding all that up, 
this should be this whole pro, uh, experiment should be scrapped with those numbers and then you've got old Jennifer here saying oh don't worry you're just gonna get a headache okay well explain this to me Jennifer because let's 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 revisit another death shall we let's just move into another article here this comes to us from USA really there's actually two articles that we're gonna cover here 28 year old woman dies five days after Pfizer vaccine Within five days of vaccination, Sarah Stickle suffered from the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. As a result, the girl died from a brain aneurysm. The sister of the, uh, of the vaccine vic victim, Jacqueline Gifford, monitored the rapid deterioration in Stickle's health and shared the changes on Facebook. Okay. According to the family, immediately after the vaccine shot, a rash began to appear all over the body. For the next five days, Stickle suffered migraines. Before hospitalization, she lost the ability to speak. Her eyes crossed and glazed over before she lost consciousness. Isn't that great? I wonder if Jennifer figures that's just a fever. What do you think, fellas? Or everybody? What do you think? How would, it, how would, it, how would you feel watching your loved one losing the ability to speak and her eyes crossing and glazing over and eventually dying of a brain fucking aneurysm? What do you think of that, Jennifer? What if that was your sister? Now, <clears throat> there's a longer article here that kind of gives you a background of the of the of Jennifer Stickles and like she's a mom, everything. Like this, she's a beautiful girl, and uh, 28 year old mother has fatal stroke five days after COVID vaccine. Updated February 18th, 2021. It is with tremendous with a tremendously heavy heart that I relate that Sarah Stickles has taken her last, last breath. She was surrounded by her family. Her sister, Jamie Lynn Cruz, writes, Last night at 5.36 p.m., Sarah Stickles took her last breath. She has had a massive stroke in her brain stem caused by AVM. We made sure she was comfortable and with her family. I'm so sorry, everyone. There was nothing more we could do. My life is shattered. You are in a better place now, baby sister and you fought till your very last heartbeat. All donations will go towards funeral expenses and the remaining will go straight to her son BZ, Zachary John Goldman Jr. Thank you for all the prayers and the love for Sarah. She is our guardian angel. This is just, it, it's, it, it, ter it breaks your heart reading this. Anyway, it's, it's basically this, this whole article is done by the family and you get the point. Um, you know, it, it's every single one of the 1,095 people that we know of in the U.S. probably have a similar story. Um, they weren't quite as young, except for uh, Tiffany Dover. I believe she was 30. I think she was th maybe in her early 30s. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But she too. And that was the one, don't forget, that was the one that fainted right on air when they were trying to prove a point that the vaccine was safe. And she was trying to tell you, oh, yeah, no, we got our vaccines. And then she starts getting lightheaded, falls over and, and passes out. And then the media covered it right up. And then smart, basically, uh, Internet detectives, everyday average folks that can get information figured out uh, through death records. They never did report it, the mainstream media. They never did report on Tiffany Dover's death. It was actually just everyday folks like you and me that knew how to dig real deep uh, were the people that brought it out that, yeah, indeed, she's dead. <clears throat> so people like Jennifer that fact-checked articles to tell us that you might get a fever, 7% of people might get a fever, need a swift kick in the ass. 
You're not fact-checking nothing. You're not even looking at the people that this is, the lives that this vaccine is destroying. Now now you've got a 28-year-old boy, a 28-year-old victim of this so-called vaccine. Her son is going to grow up without a mother. Explain that to the family, Jennifer. Explain that to the boy. Tell him how you fact-checked and, and, and figured out that there was only 7% of people would probably get a headache or a fever. Explain that to a little boy that just lost his mom. All right, let's move off of that because as you guys can tell, it's, it's getting, getting me all hot and bothered because, uh, you know, that, that one bothered me a lot, um, it, it, as you can tell. So let's, let's move on to something else that this, this our, our incredible medical, all these pro-vaccine people, they just can't seem to explain. And this comes to us from the Globe and Mail, and the title reads, Global COVID-19 cases have dropped by half and experts are looking for explanations. Well, you, me, and everybody that's been paying attention to this whole thing can tell you exactly why it dropped by half, because they're starting to run the proper cycles on the PCR test. They got Biden installed, so now they can actually start dropping back their 40 cycles like we've been witness to anyway there's a voice there's a actual voice reading thing for this article so we'll let the we'll let the voice do this one and then we'll comment afterwards well covid 19 cases have dropped by half and experts are looking for explanations by kelly grant as the number of new coronavirus infections in canada continues to fall a similar phenomenon is unfolding in many other parts of the world leading experts to try to better understand why covid 19 cases are plummeting right now Stronger public health measures, stricter adherence to the rules born out of fear of faster spreading variants, and the natural seasonality of coronaviruses could all be playing a part, observe. Or the PCR test cycles like we mentioned earlier. Say, in countries with relatively high rates of vaccination and infection, such as the United States and Britain, immunity could also be starting to slow the spread. In the past six weeks, the number of new coronavirus infections reported globally has dropped nearly by half, from about 5 million the first week of January to about 2.7 million last week. Worldwide, overall daily case tallies are the lowest they've been since October, according to the World Health Organization. Canada is part of that trend. The country has seen new infections plunge from 57,519 in the week beginning January 4th to 20,776 in the past week, a 64% drop. We need to understand what is driving those transmission dynamics, Mike Ryan, head of the WHO's Health Emergencies Program, told a news conference Monday, Is it the natural seasonality and wave-like pattern of the disease? Are we building a level of immunity in the population that's preventing the disease finding the next case? And are control measures having an impact on that? I think all of the above, to an extent, are true. As scientists seek to decode the downward trend in overall cases, they are doing so against the backdrop of an increase in infections caused by more contagious variants of SARS-CoV-2 that threaten to usher in a third wave of the pandemic. The problem that we face is that when you get a drop like this you start to see relaxation of measures, said Gerald Evans, chair of the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Medical School at Queen's University. That puts you at risk. One explanation for the drop in cases is easy to spot by comparing the case curves of countries that celebrate Christmas. Lay the charts on top of one another and their winter peaks converge around January 10th and January 11th, two weeks after families and friends gathered for the festive season, whatever the rules were in their respective countries. The heights of those peaks differ wildly from place to place, but Canada, the United States, Britain, Ireland, South Africa, Brazil, Russia and most of Europe saw a post-holiday surge, followed by a reduction in cases. 
the post-holiday spike isn't as striking in large European countries including France, Italy, Spain, and Germany where cases also peaked at high levels in late November and early December. In countries where the Christmas and post-holiday surges were particularly steep, governments imposed stringent public health measures that led to an equally steep drop in cases. That was especially true of Britain, Ireland, and South Africa, three countries where new, faster-spreading variants of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, have displaced an earlier version of the virus. Is is that so? Because you know, I'm just I'm just pausing it for a minute because now look at uh, Australia and New Zealand. Like so they had the the harshest lockdowns of any of the free world, and now they're starting to get cases like crazy. So I'm going to call BS on that too. They had huge, strict lockdowns and responses, and I think that people were terrified about these new variants," said Ian Michelow a pediatric infectious diseases physician and professor at Brown University who is originally from South Africa. That's a specter that's pretty concerning for people, and rightly so. There's no question about it. These are more dangerous viruses because they spread more easily. Another piece of the puzzle could be the natural seasonality of SARS-CoV-2, said Matthew Binneker, director of clinical virology at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. The four seasonal coronaviruses, which cause mild colds, tend to peak in winter and early spring according to six years of Mayo Clinic data published as a brief last summer. We knew that this winter was going to be extremely difficult, because SARS-CoV-2 is a respiratory virus, like flu, like other coronaviruses, Dr. Binnaker said. In the Northern Hemisphere, influenza usually rises in December, peaks in early to mid-January and falls off by mid-February. And that's really what we've seen with COVID, Dr. Binnaker said. Untangling all the reasons respiratory viruses tend to thrive in the winter can be tricky, SARS-CoV-2 has been shown to survive longer at colder temperatures. Dry air keeps viral particles aloft longer, making them easier to inhale. Some studies have suggested that breathing cold, dry air affects the mucous membranes in the nostrils in a way that lowers their defenses against viruses. But Peter Juni, scientific director of Ontario's COVID-19 science advisory table and a professor of medicine and epidemiology at the University of Toronto, says the likelier explanation is that when the weather turns cold and dark, people gather in poorly ventilated indoor spaces where respiratory viruses spread easily. Crediting a seasonal effect for the drop in COVID-19 cases, he said, is a pipe dream. So is the idea that immunity, whether through vaccination or infection, is making it harder for the coronavirus to find Canadian victims, Dr. Juni added. With only 3.4 vaccine doses injected for every 100 Canadians and fewer than 900,000 infections confirmed in Canada since the start of the pandemic, the vast majority of Canadians remain susceptible to the coronavirus. In the United States, however, it's possible that immunity is contributing. At the margin to the drop in cases, especially in cities that suffered devastating surges in previous waves, said Jenny Levine, a biologist at Emory University in Atlanta. That's not what I would place my money on, but it's not inconceivable. Either way, something is working for the U.S., the country reported just more than 55,000 COVID-19 cases on Monday, down from a peak of nearly 300,000 in a single day on January 8th. Sign up for the coronavirus update. Yeah, so not a single mention of the PCR test, <clears throat> which is no surprise. But, uh, you know, it just it all ties together, all of this. You know, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing them try to, uh, you know, fast track all this fascist um, totalitarianism uh, measures uh, in this 
liberal dictatorship country that we live in, yet you're you're seeing the numbers drop off. So what you know, natural immunity is still the most effective. Uh, herd immunity is going to be the most effective thing. They just don't acknowledge it. It's just like hydrochloroquine. They just they they absolutely refuse to acknowledge the fact that uh, HCQ cures COVID nineteen. We don't even need this vaccine. Or ivermectin works. Uh, uh, it's batting almost a hundred percent. I think still to this day for as a prophylactic for it. <laughs> All us cattle guys, I guess we're just going to have to go take a bath. Just throw some ivermectin, ivermectin in a bath and just uh, soak in the tub for an hour and you, you got no problems. But realistically, in my mind, I think back to what, the, what parents did in the 30s. And uh, I think the more people that get infected naturally and get over it, the better off we are. And that immunity will spread throughout your community. That's my honest opinion of it. So where is it all taking us, right? Like, where, where, are, we, uh, where are we going with this? So you, you've got basically... Um, a group of us that are resisting this entire bogus pandemic in every way, shape and form. And most of us are falling under the anti-lockdown, um, you know, mentality, um, from, from coast to coast that, you know, what we want to see the most is just, let's just get back living here. Let's get our lives rolling. We aren't afraid of this virus. Let's go. And you've got, um, you know, the globalists and all their Muppets and their controlled media uh, still pushing that, okay, now now we've got to vaccinate it. Well, on this show, it, it, you know, global COVID-19 cases have dropped by half and we're still acting like this. Come on, man. <clears throat> so what are we going to do here? We're going to turn the mic over to Harley Monroe because he, he basically, uh, he wants us all to stand up for freedom. And I like what he said here. So... You know, all of us that share the sentiments, uh, you know, the anti-lockdown sentiments probably are going to enjoy this. So I'll just turn it over. This is fairly long, but we're going to listen to it and uh, chat afterwards. Beautiful day here on the Saskatchewan River. Warm. Quiet. Oh, and a breath of freedom. Away from that madness in the city. Well, a wise man once said, if we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And that was almost 60 years ago by Ronald Reagan. And in 2021, our freedom is under attack. And every day it is slipping more and more. Canada, you need to wake up. Don't be so concerned about what's going on somewhere else in the world. Be more concerned about with what's going on right here. You need to look in your own backyard where you can control things, where you can change things. Yes, we have a problem. It is our own government. Yes, you can love your country, but you don't have to love your government. Because our government is anything but good. They use our tax dollars against us. They pay the media to create fear. They pay the media to tell us 
We're selfish for wanting to be free. You know what selfish is? Selfish is people expecting you to surrender your freedom because they surrendered their own because they were either a coward or they were too ignorant to see the truth. I am one of the many people that speak out for freedom in this country. And I'm not going to be silenced. You must take a stand for what you believe in. I'm taking a stand because I believe in the future. That is our children. My children. They're not going to experience freedom like I experienced it. What they're forced to live with is their own government lying to them and their own government using coercion with the educational system and the medical system through medical tyranny to say that if these kids or your children do not isolate, they will kill grandma. They are creating mass mental confusion and mental health problems by telling kids that they're going to kill grandma. But yet, it's okay for the millionaires to go out there, play their sports, do their movies, do their concerts. But yet, our kids are not allowed to participate in things they need. They need to experience. Humans are a very social, interactive people. And childhood is where you learn lots and where you need to learn. You need to learn about life. You need to learn about success and failure. You need to learn what it's like to fit in, not be stuck at home in your basement. You just got to look back at this last year at what our government and their bureaucrats they appointed, what they have stolen from the future. Yeah, what they have stolen from our kids, their graduations, their birthdays, their recreational activities, their sports, their social interaction. The government has created this crisis and the government has stolen the future. Now we need to work together. We have one common enemy, and that is the government. Whether they are conservatives, liberals, NDP, the Bloc, the Green Party. Government is not your friend. Government is your enemy. Government is trying to control your life. They have no business trying to control your life. We, the people, are supposed to be controlling government. But when government gets out of control, when they've grown too big, which they have, you should ask yourself, are you afraid of your government? Because you should be. Because what they are doing to us as Canadians 
as they are slowly imprisoning us. The government at every level are creating division. They're creating problems that never existed. It is the government that has created this lockdown. Remember that. It is government that has destroyed the millions of jobs. Nobody else. It's government. Whether that's Justin Trudeau, Scott Moe, Jason Kenney, Brian Pallister, Doug Ford, Aaron O'Toole, Jagmeet Singh, and you, Brad Redekop. It is government that is creating our nightmare. People need to wake up. And yes, you will always have sheep. But most of the people are awake. You need to vote with your wallet, Canada. You still have power. Every dollar you spend goes somewhere. Remember that. But if you go in to Walmart, Costco, Home Depot, or you support Google and Apple, you're contributing to the problem. You need to support small businesses here in Canada because Canadians matter. We do have a problem. Big tech, big pharma, big government, and big ass liars. They have created a problem that we can solve still as Canadians. We do not need a government that can think for us. Have we come so far in this country that we cannot think for ourselves anymore? That's what the government believes. That's why they own the news and every day at six o'clock they tell you what you need to think and what you need to do. The first thing you need to do is turn off that TV and think for yourself. It might be too late to solve today's problems or yesterday's problems, but we can solve tomorrow's problem by knowing where it starts. It is government and it is the people that put them there. You need to relook at who you're voting for because they pander for your vote. They're not there to help you. They are there to prosper for themselves. Right now, all the government can do is create divisiveness between us, create hate. I go out to a freedom march like many, and they want to say negative things, none of them untrue. Do not let the fake news and this media create the narrative that's untrue. We know what freedom is. 
and we know why we're there and why people need to come out. As I said, turn off your TV, get out there, talk to new people, discuss with them, let them share what they know or what they believe and have a true discussion. Don't attack them. See why they think the way they think. And then enlighten them with information, the truth. The truth that the government has suppressed. They use censorship to do that. But the government can't censor the truth forever. The more it tries to cover up the truth, the more people go searching for the truth. Freedom is not dead in this country. Freedom is well alive. When you can wake up every day and say, I'm still free and I will fight for it, you are still free. The government can say what it wants. But remember, the government is like a baby. It has a huge appetite, but they don't want to be responsible for what comes out the other end because everything the government stands for is what comes out on the other end of a baby. That's why they want people to wear the diaper on their face. I am just a Canadian speaking his mind and speaking the truth and the government hates the fact that I can say that I am a Canadian and that I am speaking the truth because the government many years ago created these hyphenated terms. I'm a First Nations Canadian, yes, but I'm a Canadian first. And I will keep speaking out. And for all those people that don't like what I say, you can go ahead and turn on CBC, CTV, and Global News. Because you could go ahead and continue listening to the lies that my tax money is paying for. We need to get this country back. We need to kick those people out of government because they've been collecting money while we have been stuck at home or people have been losing their businesses. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take the whole country to prove and to get it back. It just takes patriots, people who believe in freedom people who will stand against the government and the media's lies. I believe in Canada first, Canadians first. I do not believe in government first. We need to open up this economy again. We need to get oil and gas and mining going again. It creates jobs, thousands of jobs, and people will prosper. The famous words of, if a man hasn't a job or an income, 
he neither has life, liberty, nor the possibility for the pursuit of happiness exists today because it is government that is trying to extinguish that pursuit of happiness in those words that Martin Luther King Jr. stated. No, I am one of the thousands in this country that will stand up for freedom. So please, share the message of what freedom truly is and what it isn't. Because the government wants us to live in a prison. We're not going to live in a prison. We're all going to stand up for freedom and we're going to stand up for our children and their future and we are going to ensure that they know what freedom is. So there you have it. Now you know why I like uh, we've covered Harley before and you guys now are fully aware of why I like his message so much. Uh, he delivers the message of unity and he focuses on central authority uh which is exactly what we do on this show as well so hats off to uh harley for really nailing everything that uh, people need to be focusing on so with that my friends we are going to end this show thank you uh thank you so much for joining us for another episode um <clears throat> if you want to reach out to me you can find me on facebook at canadian patriot radio uh, the message button comes directly to me, so feel free to use it. Um, you can also email us. It's CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. And we are, I'm really promoting the, uh, the Telegram page, uh, Canadian Patriot Radio. You can find us, uh, and then you just join it when you're on. Uh, that's where we share the deeper stuff. That's, uh, we're getting into some, some pretty cool theories and, uh, or some conspiracy and trying to strip the theory out of it, like the, uh, the title says. And um, it's it's just a, a great forum to uh, share ideas and um, and just sh and just talk, uh, have an, uh, an ongoing conversation. So you can find us at any one of those, and uh, and that's it. So until next time, my friends, with all thy sons, command. <laughs> joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.
over.